0: You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off.
1: All right, then you asked for it.
0: Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free for all Friday means you set the tone. Here is Libby Nimer. Good afternoon
2: and welcome to this Free For All Friday. And sheesh, there is just so much to talk about. Much of it's stuff that has just come out since this morning. Okay, so of course, the big news is the approval of the AstraZeneca vaccine. Now, there are a lot of questions about the efficacy of this vaccine altogether, and particularly its efficacy for people over 65. Now, the question is, is that because the data shows that it isn't effective? But apparently the problem is that they didn't really test it on very many people in that age bracket. Now, it's not being used on people in that age bracket in some countries like Germany. So, what's the reason for that? Um, I have an interesting anecdote when it comes to that, and that is that uh, my husband and I have very close friends in Britain. He's known them since graduate school, and uh, she is a retired, very high level pharmaceutical executive. So she's gone over all the data very carefully. And apparently the other problem with AstraZeneca is that what I'm told is the data is messy. And uh, I don't read that kind of data uh, generally. So uh, I don't even know exactly what that means. But I will take the word of People in the industry who say the data was messy. So she's gone through it all. Now, he is older. He turned 70. So he got his shot in Britain, of course, and he got the AstraZeneca. And we were asking him, well, are you nervous about that? And they said, absolutely not. And I don't know if this is British nationalism, Brexit, but they said they thought that part of the issues with it were political and having to do with Brexit so uh, I'm just putting that out there now the the other thing on this this is interesting you know, um, and I think I've mentioned even though I don't like to talk about my own problems getting people on the show so we've been trying to get General Hillier to talk to us um, we're still working on that. Anyway, he he was talking to another media outlet as this news came out, and he was asked about it, and one of the first things he said, well, maybe we'll only use the AstraZeneca AstraZeneca vaccine for people under 65 because of questions there. So all I can say is uh, clearly General Hillier is not on the same page as other government officials dealing with this, and really maybe they should all get on the same page. And there's been lots of backlash since he announced his timelines for that vaccine rollout in Ontario, which is like way behind other provinces. Uh, and, and here's another thing about people not being on the same page. So he made this announcement, which was extremely disappointing, uh, which doesn't have people over 60 getting a jab until July. Okay. Uh, This all the while that, that our federal officials are saying the whole country will be vaccinated by September. Really? You're not getting to people over 60 until July. And you think everybody will be done uh, a month after that. Uh, So yes. Uh, So he laid out this timeline and a a doctor who uh, speaks often and is on the vaccination task force was asked about it. And that doctor said, take it with a grain of salt, what he's saying. That's maybe a worst case scenario. So, um, Really, the communication on this is just terrible. And the fact is, you people know that just increases the anxiety and the confused mess of it all. Uh, just means that there's going to be unequal access. And part of that is based on the ability to communicate with people who are in line with the shot. Because we know that despite the whole provincial portal that is not ready, uh, there are health units that are ready and they have the means and the vaccines and they are communicating and they're starting to give people vaccinations. Of course, that's not true here in Toronto. People in Toronto, the back of the line. So there, there's all of that. And one more thing before I get to your phone calls, and I am renewing my offer for a bet, because the explanation from Premier Ford and repeated by Health Minister Deputy Premier Christine Elliott for the lack of a portal where people can even book for vaccines three weeks hence is that they want to get it right so it doesn't crash like it has in other provinces. And if you think that portal is not going to crash when it is finally, finally ready and everyone tries to book on it at once, I will bet you, okay, starting 180 bucks to your favorite charity, if if I'm wrong and it doesn't crash, but if I'm right, my favorite charity. And the bet is out there. And if you think that that's not enough money and you want more money, we can talk about it. The bet is out there. Let's put the numbers out there. 416-360-0740. Toll free one 866 740 And we've got Fleetwood in Toronto. Hi, Fleetwood. Hi. Go ahead. You're on the air.
1: Yes. Um, yes, because you see that what was confusing me was that um, that that when I looked on the information about the lock lockdowns and lockouts is that um, ha- they, there's the, they they say there's an emergency um, thing that's not that's not going to open till march twenty first but what i don't understand is that the um,
2: no, it's well, not March 21st. They're talking about March the 8th. Oh, yeah, uh, they have to I review. I did
1: think that from March the 8th, it moved from there to the 21st.
2: No, I don't think so. I, we, we, I, we will probably hear this afternoon uh, what is happening oh, yeah, with because, that.
1: Because what I can understand is that if they did keep extending it, there's reasons for that because it's not good to get impatient and get things going and then have to shut down again.
2: Uh, Yep. That is, uh, a lot of people believe that. Now, just to to bring people up to date with what's happening on that front, right now, uh, in Peel, which is one of the hotspot areas and is still in lockdown, uh, both the mayor of Mississauga, Bonnie Crombie and Patrick Brown, they want to move right in the red zone, let alone uh, start moving up those color-coded. And they're saying it's not fair that they're next door to regions that are open and their people are going to places there. Uh, Meanwhile, and we see cases going down. It's partly the vaccine and it's partly lockdown. But the authorities are warning us that with these variants, which are climbing as a percentage, we could see a fourth wave. So uh, we wait to see what the decision is. Uh, Fleetwood, thanks for your call. Bye. Have a nice day. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, let me give the numbers out again. I know I've been talking a lot here. So 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And um, I'd like to hear more about the uh, vaccine rollout. What do you think of that? And uh, I had a one-line email from a guy named Bill. And uh, this is in regards to General Hillier, who seems to be saying things that are contradicted by a lot of other people. And it just reads, can't imagine General Hillier leading an army into battle. Okay, Bill, I put it out there. Uh, so uh, if you have Thoughts on that as well, 416-360-0740, toll-free 866 740 Let's go to Pat in Etobicoke. Hello,
3: Pat. Hi, how are you today?
2: Fine, how are you?
3: Well, I've written things down, so I'm right on to know exactly what I want to put out there. Uh, may I remind everyone that it wasn't that long ago that we were being told that it could take years to develop uh, vaccine vaccine also that we have a choice as to whether we get the shot i really think that the penalty for not wearing a mask are strong enough um but it all boils down to the decisions and each and every one of us makes we have that choice we have that freedom but as long as people that are wearing masks can go around, and um, I would like to possibly see them being quarantined together. Okay. Anyone that's not wearing a mask is quarantined.
2: Okay. Thanks for your call, Pat. Let us go to John in Oshawa. Hi, John.
3: Hi. How are you?
2: Fine. How are
4: you? I'm all right, but I wish I could have a dozen cookies from that last lady. She sounded awesome. <laughs> But uh, you're, as far as your bet, um, I think you've you got to be careful because you give the liberals an out. And, the, I, you know, I I was through the uh, tainted blood scandal that we had in this province here. So, um, having said that, but I have a daughter in England uh-huh. and a daughter in Spain. Okay. And um, some of my daughter's friends in England have been vaccinated, the younger ones that had uh, health issues, including like asthma.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: And the whole country... Was given the date of July, uh, oh. July 1st of being vaccinated. Uh, my other daughter, that's in Spain, she's teaching English. She uh, she's getting vaccinated next week. They're using the AstraZeneca because it's uh, it's available highly uh, available in Spain. And Spain is like number five in the world, and I think we're in the high thirties.
2: No, no, far. no, no. The last time I looked, which was yesterday, we are number forty-five.
4: Britain yeah, okay. is
2: number three.
4: I and know. I, you know what? I can't even give credit where where even it's not due here. <laughs> it's like <laughs>
2: goes like we're number forty-five. Britain is number three. We're number seven among ten provinces, and then uh, I don't know. Like the the premier gets on and says we're leading. Leading yeah, what? I,
4: you know, and I have a friend in Texas, and I talked to him last night. He went to his clinic, and he's sixty-seven, and uh, the clinic was the uh, doctors were being vaccinated that day. It was uh, the clinic was basically shut down for medical uh, people, and the, he said, "Well, if there's anything left over, give me a call." And sure enough, they called him at the end of the day, and they said, "We do have." Uh, vaccine available and so he went and got it that way he was fortunate and he didn't lose his power either
2: uh, yeah did he get a a twenty thousand dollar bill
4: uh no no <laughs> no uh, i'm not sure how it's covered there but i didn't ask him but he, it wouldn't bother him i mean but having said that and he was he wasn't trying to jump a queue or nothing he just randomly said hey And they called them. It wasn't wasted or anything else? A lot Uh, of
2: people, uh, you know, um, I know Canadians, snowbirds who got vaccinated in Florida, and it was just at the beginning. I don't know if they tightened it up. You just had to show that you're over 65 and they weren't, uh, weren't, you know, prioritizing by older age. And in Britain, uh, we know people in Britain, older people over
4: 80, they called every single person over 80. Well, that's a national health care system there yep yeah. yep, and it's and it's you know they're regimented organized and here as long as you can blame somebody else uh for your shortcomings, it's deflected, and uh, you know they're actually putting out the second run of uh, Trudeau dolls, I noticed so maybe some people will buy those feel more comfortable now
2: you know know. what uh i am uh agnostic and non-partisan on this there is plenty of blame to go around and the fact that the there's so many jurisdictions involved they can all be pointing fingers at each other until the cows come home and i think that there have been different failures at every level contributing to we're number 45
4: yeah we're that's our our country is becoming known for like uh, being um not knowing what the other hand is doing and, and not helping each other out just trying to make that other person look bad even if we don't know the facts. Okay. And John and
2: Oshawa, your- thank you for that. Have a nice weekend. Thank you so much. Bye bye. All righty. Uh we've got to take a break, but we will be back with more of your calls and your comments. Uh, of course, I'm curious to know what you think about the vaccine rollout. There are other subjects that we haven't even got to. 416-360-0740, toll-free 866 4740 740 And uh, just before we go, some of those other subjects. So we had the head of the Canada Pension Investment Board stepping down today because uh, he admitted that he took a trip to to Dubai. And uh, he, he got a vaccination there. So um, yeah, government officials do as I say, and not as I do. Another one claimed because of that. And then that quarantine at the airport that started this week, well, we keep hearing stories about people who just shrug their shoulder and say, "Uh, uh-uh, I'm not doing it. And some of them have just received a fine that's a lot cheaper than doing the quarantine. So there you go. Um, I would say uh, not very effective. So we're taking that break and we'll be back with more of your calls and your comments.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.
2: Welcome back to this free-for-all Friday. I'm going to get right to the phones. And uh, let's begin with Donna in
6: Burlington. Hi, Donna. Hi, Libby. I enjoy your show very much. Thank you. Except it gives me high blood pressure nearly every morning lately. (laughs) But I'm calling about General Hillier. Go ahead. I'd like to know how he would have got picked to organize uh, the distribution and everything. I mean, he's a general. He wasn't in charge of distributing arms and food through the army or whatever. Surely there were qualified people, maybe even in the government, and we're paying him, you and I and everyone, 20000 a month, 240000 a year. I mean, that seems like a lot of money to someone that isn't doing a very good job, and keeps changing his mind on everything.
2: Well, um, here's what I'll say on that. I think that he probably does have some experience with logistics, and that's why he was chosen. And uh, with the money, I mean... Uh, i don 't know what an appropriate amount is for someone doing that. I know that he did get some criticism because he has other i mean uh, he has other jobs and they were saying hey if you 're doing this you can 't be doing anything else um, so uh, that's that 's uh, that I have to say pretty honestly that when when I heard that he 'd been picked, I thought, Wow, great idea.' I'm not so sure now frankly and <laughs> and uh some of the things I mean uh some of the things that are really coming out of this uh in terms of the blame game mm-hmm. so they, the pro- provincial people, are all just pointing to the government and saying, "We don't have the vaccines. We don't have the vaccines," and and th- that is the entire crux of the issue. And and that is somewhat true. But yesterday we were talking. Part of it is the priorities that they picked here in Ontario, and they are not clear, not clear at all. No, I, certainly the, the, not
6: going by age, which they which, know is the biggest factor in death
2: it's it's the biggest factor uh teresa tam when she first Started talking about this, said go by age, and other provinces are going by age, like BC, like Alberta. In Alberta, they're already vaccinating people over 75. That's the biggest way to prevent death. And it depends. Is preventing death your main goal, or do you have other goals? Where well, here we have other goals, too. The other goals are to prevent transmission uh, and also to help business. But the thing is, that if you've got the one goal to prevent the most death, then it's clear. And maybe you'll at least get that done. You know, Hillier was asked about it. Now, he does not set the priorities, so I'm not going to blame him for that. But he said we can do all of them. Well, you know what? Maybe it would be better to do one thing at a time and get a better job done of it. Because they're not doing all three things at a time, and it's really confusing. And and in terms of the communication, wow, it's all over the map. It's it's you know it's ridiculous.
6: Well, now they've let I'm over seventy five. I've had breast cancer, very, a stroke, blah blah. But I'm in the same list with massage therapists and chiropractors. Well,
2: you know, it,
6: that's ridiculous.
2: Well. Exactly. Exactly. And yesterday, again, when we talked to Dr. Sinha, who's a geriatrician, I mean, he works with people who have COVID and he said, you know, he's 44 years old and healthy yeah. and and he would be willing to wait. So, you know, I, again, you know, all of these healthcare workers and they're doing a great job and they put themselves at risks. And I understand that, but they are all way ahead of the line from the people most likely to die. And those vaccines are working. The one bit of good news—I'm complaining about everything—is that uh, I think today was the first day there were no additional deaths in nursing homes.
6: Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's nice to hear a positive thing. Okay, Donna. Okay, thanks, thanks very much so for your, much your call. Libby.
2: Okay. Bye. 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 Okay. Let's go to Erica in Ajax. Erica? Good morning, Libyan. How are you? I'm fine. How are you?
7: I'm very well, thank you. I'm one of the lucky ones that has received my first shot, and because uh, I'm a nurse in the front line working, which mm-hmm. is wonderful. Waiting for my father who will be ninety. Oh. My question to you is: These are all elected officials, and you talk about the blame game. At what point? Do we hold them so accountable for this mess that we are in? As a registered nurse, I'm held accountable by the College of Nurses, by the hospital, by the by patients and their families. How do we hold these guys accountable? Uh, it's a thing called elections. That's it. But we elected them already, Libby. This is the thing. So they've made all these promises. Is there somebody we can start calling on, a, on an hourly basis to say, look, we're not happy with this. Make up your mind and keep doing what we're supposed to be doing. You've got the statistics in front of you. Age is a factor. And let's just roll it out the way it's supposed to be rolled out. It's Ontario is blaming the feds. The feds are blaming the provinces. It becomes a vicious circle.
2: Well, I don't know. Again, when I was talking to Dr. Sinha yesterday, he was saying, sure, Ontario can change their minds. It doesn't look like it. And it looked like today I saw yet another thing. It looks like every time someone chimes in and says these people should also be prioritized, they take their eye off the ball. Yeah, And, uh, you know, I was saying in B.C. I was reading Bonnie Henry, originally from Ontario. Uh, That was a big miss that we lost her. Bonnie Henry uh, is also lobbied and coming under pressure to include these other groups. But she's sticking to the deal. Older people prevent death first, then get on to the other things. So I would say at this point, it looks very unlikely that these priorities will be changed. And again, we don't know if the chief medical officer of health, David Williams, what we don't know what he recommended to the cabinet. That's confidential. He, by the way, is also a Zoomer. I think he's 66 and he delayed his retirement to deal with this. Um, So, uh, you know, we don't, we, do, we don't even know exactly who to put the finger on, but I think that having all this smorgasbord of priorities in terms of the vaccination is not a good thing.
7: Absolutely. And, I mean, the figures show around the world, we are number 45 in vaccinating our country. That says a lot.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it's not good. Thanks. No, for your... it's not
7: good. Sometimes I feel like I'm in a third-world country with universal health care.
2: Yeah. And there are some that I would call uh, close to that that are ahead of us in a rollout, though I guess not in other things. Erica, thanks for your call. Libby, thank you. Enjoy your show. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, let's go to
8: Melanie in High Park. Hi, Melanie. Hi, Joyce Purim to everybody celebrating. Um, what I want to say is I can't understand uh, why do we have a general? We also have our ex police chief, I think Saunders, uh, you know, invited into the, on the at this table. Do we not have brilliant scientists, statisticians, university professors, and you know, that's for the rollout of these vaccines, the best distributors, and who are they? Walmart, Amazon. Get those guys on board. They know how to distribute things throughout the country, throughout the continent, throughout the world. This is, this is beyond me. But you know what they've done that's even more, more uh, destructive to, to our democratic system is that we have totally totally lost in politicians leading the way, because we can see they don't know what they're doing. We've, You know, the doctors are risking their lives, the nurses, others, you are trying to inform us, you know, the media are trying to inform us. Keep, up. They're doing nothing. They have failed us horribly, but they failed the democratic system and the structure of government. This is why we get dictators in third world countries. We get them, because people lose such hope in all these institutions. Everything is... Who else? I mean, this man that went to, I don't know, Saudi Arabia, or did he go to Dubai? Where did he go? This is a country that mistreats its own people, that has a... a, Okay,
2: Melanie, I think we get your drift. Thanks for your call. Uh, So that story she was referring to uh, was uh, this head of the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board. He went to Dubai, he said, for very personal reasons, after consultation and while he was there, he got a vaccine. And uh, it's unclear to me if uh, he thinks the issue is that he got a vaccine somewhere else. Uh, He didn't say what his personal issue is. I mean, to me, if he is, he's not exactly a government official, it's independent, but he's making a very hefty salary from the government. And the government has said, don't travel. And uh, he's yet another one who said, do as I say and not as I do. So that's the story. He was in Dubai. We don't know why he was in Dubai. Uh, From my point of view, if people are going to be overseas, get the vaccine. (laughs) You know, that'll lower the weight for the people who are here. But but really, you know, if you're the government and one thing they've been trying to say we're all in this together. Well we're not exactly all in this together. Some people are a lot better off than others. And older people Uh, Right? Older people who are most vulnerable, you know, um, even if they aren't in long-term care, uh, some of them feel like prisoners in their own homes. They're afraid of catching it because it can be more serious for them. Well, uh, yeah, those are some of the people hardest hit. Anyway, let's get back to the phones. Let's go to Tricia in Bolton. Hi, Tricia. Hi there, Debbie. How are you? Fine. How are you?
9: Good. Uh, my husband and I listen to your program every day, and I have resisted calling in, but I just couldn't anymore. Okay, wait, back. wait. If... Welcome. Thanks for your call. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I just couldn't hold back anymore. I want to refer to when um, Ford was complaining that he didn't have the vaccine, he had a plan all set up, he was ready to go, he'll go down to the states and get the vaccine himself, he was ready to go. All of a sudden, he doesn't have a plan. Where was that plan that he was saying he had? That's all I got to say. Okay, Trisha, thanks for that.
2: Okay, thanks, Libby. Okay, Bye. bye-bye. Okay, uh, let's see who is next here. Let's go to Judy in Oakville. Hi, Judy. Hi,
6: Libby. Hi, wanted to thank you for expressing (laughs) exactly what I'm thinking. I'm 80 years old, and I live alone, and it's very depressing what's going on. Um, You know, I think it's deplorable the way things have been rolled out, and, and you have expressed exactly what I'm thinking. So that's mainly what i wanted to say and i agree with the gentleman who wrote in about general hillier i myself have been wondering yeah about the military lately um with you know
2: yeah i mean uh, here's a yet another story that we haven't had time to get to with all of this and uh, so uh the new, the brand new head of the military, who was named to replace General Jonathan Vance, who is under investigation and under fire for what they are calling an inappropriate sexual relationship, has himself had to uh, step aside for the same reason and this uh he was just appointed he's he's been in his job for a couple of months so what the heck is going on there and and the the government doesn't seem to be uh that good at vetting these people you know i i don't know what the nature is there's a a very Sexist culture. There was a big problem with sexual assault in the military. If if these are consensual, uh, it is against the rules of the military. Personally, I have a much more liberal view of that. But uh, you know, the the rules are the rules. It's a military. They're pretty hierarchical, and and. The government. I mean, you know, that doesn't exactly cover them in glory. The last two guys have this problem, and the government that just named them didn't figure it out. So, uh, and this after the whole shamazal with the governor general. So uh, that is yet another thing. Judy, thanks for your call. Thank you. Oh, okay, let's go to Bruce in Guelph. Hi, Bruce.
4: Hi, Libby. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, here's my, my question. Uh, Health Canada just approved the AstraZeneca uh, vaccine for COVID, and the uh, studies that are out there show that it's less effective than the Pfizer or the Moderna vaccine. The question is, will we be told which one we're being offered, and if we're offered the less effective one? Can we delay and wait for the better vaccine?
2: Uh, I believe... Be- I believe the answer to that is no okay. uh, that that you you can't choose your vaccine and the numbers are sixty two percent versus ninety five percent now what they're saying is that they they as as I mentioned part of the issue with AstraZeneca was their data was what experts called messy was not good, and they've continued to monitor that in the real world because a lot of people have got the AstraZeneca vaccine, especially in Britain and in other countries. And they're saying that the data from the real world versus the trial is looking better. And what they also say is that a little protection is better than no protection. And I believe that it protects very well against severe disease but not against the whole thing. But I think the bottom line is that, no, you're not going to be able to choose which vaccine you get unless that changes. And I can sort of see that because that's going to create all kinds of problems.
4: Yeah. Okay, well, that's fine. I mean, I think if the people were to choose, they'd go for the 90 rather than the 60, but that's... Yeah, cool.
2: I would too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would, too. I would, too. I would prefer uh, when eventually it becomes my turn to get a Pfizer-Moderna. Yeah. But thanks. I don't know if that's what I'm going to get.
4: Thanks, Libby. Take okay.
2: care. Okay, thanks a lot. Okay, it is time for another break. Let me give the numbers out again before we go to break. 416 416- 360-0740, toll-free 740 4740 We've been talking about our anemic vaccine rollout, but there's some good news. We have a third vaccine approved today, the AstraZeneca. There's been some issues with the trials Uh, and the data on it. There's been some issues regarding people over 65. Just as soon as this was announced, General Rick Hillier said maybe Canada should only use it on younger people. But uh, the person in charge of approving the vaccine said no, it's fine for all ages. And it is being used for all ages, certainly in the United Kingdom. So let's take that break. 416-360-0740. Toll free 1-866-740-4740. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer, a free-for-all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Here is Libby Zneimer.
2: Welcome back to this Free For All Friday. Let's get right to the phones. We've got Trevor in Toronto. Hi, Trevor.
5: Hi, hi, Libby. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? I'm okay. I'm a first-time caller. I'm uh, a caregiver for my mom. She's 98.
2: Welcome we just, and uh, uh, good for you. Wow, 98. Where does yeah.
5: she... She just got a letter from um, the day program that she goes to claiming that, letting us know that she can get her vaccine, we'll we, we book the appointment for tomorrow. Wow. So we're happy to do that.
2: And where um, where, where exactly are you in Toronto?
5: I'm at um, Batteries in St. Clair area. Oh, really? Does she live yeah. in a special seniors building? No, she doesn't. We live at home, but she goes to day programs in Etobicoke. Actually, she goes to three different places. But the one in Etobicoke was able to get, they were considered essential care workers, so they're also providing it for my mom to be able to get it as well. Some of the other um, rec patients, maybe some of the other um, attendants that goes to the day program there.
2: Okay, well, you know what? Uh, it's, that's one of the, the problems that I see is, I mean, it's great for your mom, mm-hmm. but... It's so uneven, and I know that there were, there were pilot projects, mm-hmm. and one of them was a building right around Bathurst and St. Clair where everybody who lived in that seniors' building there got a, a vaccine earlier this week. And I'm really happy for your mom, but, you know, uh, what about other people who are in the same position? But, right.
5: Yeah, you're right. Mike, Mike, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, as seniors and elderly people, is it the fact that these individuals vote conservative constantly? I mean, I don't want to make—I it is political, in my opinion—that that they don't really care about them, or they're not concerned about putting them as essential people to actually get these vaccines? Uh,
2: you know what? I, I don't know. I think ageism is a big part of it. Uh, it's a patronizing attitude. Uh, and again, they should be reminded— That older people do tend to vote conservative, but but if they mess this up, they will uh, maybe not the next time around.
5: Uh, I don't think they're that concerned that they wouldn't. That's the the thing, because it doesn't seem to matter how much they get shame on the radio, on the TV. They're still continuing doing whatever they're doing. They're not changing. They're not trying to learn from other people that's doing it right.
2: Well, and and it's some of it. Some of it is amazing. I mean, I I uh, was looking at Marilee Fullerton, the the long term care minister, the other day, and and she's looking into the camera with a straight face and saying, we have been on it since day one. We're we're, we're taking care of the long term, and they might be actually doing that, fixing things for the longer term. And we've been on the emergency, and they have not dealt with the emergency at all.
5: Well, well, if, if they're going to be hiring people, but they're not even going to be paying them properly and keeping them full time in these nursing homes. Quebec has done that. They've hired 10,000 people and decided to hire them full-time and pay them proper wages. Why can't we do that in Ontario? Aren't we a more welfare province than Quebec? Uh,
2: We're not a more welfare, but we're we're a wealthy province. Now, they they unveiled a, a program to, uh, again, without tuition, to train more PSWs. And I, I, don't, I haven't seen a commitment for better wages once they're trained, but that's a right. start. But that's, you know, they should have done that in the summer, like Quebec did. You're absolutely right. And uh-huh. the examples were there next door. On what to do, and right. Quebec, which was way worse well, than Ontario I, I, in the first round, well, they did better in the second round.
5: <laughs> well, I, it is frustrating me to see that my mom at 98, and we can't—they're not caring about her. Even as me as a home caregiver, I have to stay home from work. Lucky thing, the federal government stepped up and is paying me to stay home now to look after her. I can't get any help. I mean, there's. There's so much places I've been trying to get help. To, to I, I can't keep a full time job to look after my mother.
2: Well, good or for we you.
5: Can get tax return, but I got to be working to get the tax returns.
2: Good, good for you for for doing it, and and at least you are getting a bit of help from the government. And uh, thank you for pointing all of this out, Trevor.
5: Okay, thank you, thank you, Libby. You take care and have a nice day.
2: Okay, bye bye. Thank you. Okay. Uh, We have another first-time caller. Brenda and Thorold. Hi, Brenda.
9: Welcome. Brenda? Yeah, good. good. Go ahead. Hi, thank you. I'm calling about the over-80 rollout, Mm -hmm. and they're talking about the portal they're setting up March 15th and the phone calls that you can make for an appointment, Mm -hmm. but they're afraid... To do anything about it now because it may crash. Well, why don't they get it running now? Let it crash. Let them see their problems. And at least a few of us seniors will be able to lock out and get an appointment for the time.
2: Well, yeah, you make a very good point. And I have issued a bet, a challenge to to the Premier.
6: He's
9: to the health
2: minister too. It. Haven't heard back from him. That you really think this
9: thing is not going to crash? It definitely is. And why don't they just get going on it and fix the all the problems that they're assuming they're going to have, and everyone is assuming they're going
2: well, to have? Well, you know what? Websites crash when they get overwhelmed. Of course. And if it was out there, so it would crash. I mean, the, the he was pointing fingers. In uh, Alberta and it crashed, but even while it was crashing, thousands of people did get on and get appointments exactly and the, my point. the longer the longer it's up, you know the more time people have to get their appointments so um, as an excuse, I'd say it's a poor one. <laughs> I, I wish we could really get through to these people
9: uh, they're not listening.
2: Uh, Yeah, no kidding. They're not listening. So again, I've got to get that tweet out. But Premier, you could be making a little bit of money for your favorite charity if I'm wrong. There you go. Okay. Thank you, Brenda. Bye bye. Bye. Okay. Uh, Sharon in Mississauga. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you?
10: I'm good.
7: I'm good. I Something that I have brought, I want to bring to the listeners' attention, and I don't know that I've heard it on your show, because I don't get all of your show every day. Um, I know it's been on COVID a lot lately. But all of the vaccines, the AstraZeneca, the Pfizer, the Moderna, the Johnson & Johnson, they're all only approved as, for emergency use only. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether your your listeners know that. I don't know why everybody's getting so upset about getting out there to get the vaccine when it's only been approved because it's not really I mean when when the when they're
2: the- safe and effective that's a designation uh you know it's your choice if you don't want to get the vaccine you can't but uh the the data doesn't lie. And some of them are 95% effective. And if you're older and you're at risk of very severe illness of death, people want that. And we've already seen in nursing homes, which were devastated, today is the first day there are no deaths in nursing homes. Uh, So they work. But again, it's up to you. If you don't think that's good enough, you don't want your jab, uh, that's up to you. It's your choice. No one is forcing you. Okay, let us go to ketty
9: in Thornhill. Hi, ketty Hi, Libby. It's, uh, it's me again. Um, I, I think that the uh, distribution committee or the government is taking their eye off the ball. Right now, we just had an announcement in the newspaper saying that... Um, they're now going to look at uh, vaccination uh, of age along with postal code. And when I started doing the statistics, and I think they got ex- excited because I looked at the last two weeks statistics because there were uh, 90, uh, 90 hospitalizations of people between 50 and 59, uh, but there were only three deaths. And I don't want to say only, and I don't want to minimize deaths. At the same time, there were 68 deaths in seniors. Having said that, Having said that, I, I appreciate you have your, you know, you're your hitting the nail on the head. But nobody has really, really pushed the ageism up angle of this. We are definitely, as a senior population, being discriminated upon. If you allow me, can I read you a definition of ageism? Um, as no, I no, be- no. That's,
2: that, you know, there, we only have a few minutes left, and people want to get through. I think we all know what ageism is, and I certainly take your point. Do I think that ageism is a part of it? I absolutely do, and I don't know that it's a conscious necessarily thing. I think it is totally baked into people's attitudes. And uh, I think that uh, the province of Ontario should look at other provinces that are doing better and they are sticking to their knitting and focusing, laser focusing on job one, which is preventing death and severe illness and the best way to do that is to focus by age and not get all distracted by all these other things and and uh, we had that that caller earlier I forget how old she said she was she's over 80 and said she's she's in, you know in the same tranche with you know a 30 year old massage therapist
9: Exactly and exactly. and that's not
2: right Kitty thanks for your call Okay uh, we are getting on to the last few minutes here. Uh, the numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 866 740 We've got Robert in Bradford. Hi, Robert. Hello, Libby. I'm
10: going to fight back today because it is fight back Friday. Okay. Um, there are so many uh, license plates. These are the... Um, the plates on our vehicles, so many that are peeling, and you can see them when you're on the major highways and wherever, but just um, a note to your listeners, Um, all you need to do is take those off, walk into any MTO office, and they're replaced on the spot for free.
2: Okay, what is, MTO office? MTO offices, uh, as far as I know, are not open. Uh, and only, whatever business you have, you
1: can do online. So, um, you know, so so, the MTO offices, I know in my area, they are definitely open. Um,
10: they, they had been shut down for a while, but they are definitely open. Yeah. And uh, even during the, um, the shutdowns, but if they are shut down, Libby, um, it's, it's an easy process. People may think, you know, they have to pay for them. And that's actually something that the government... You uh, know what, Robert? Replace.
2: Robert, got to tell you, I don't think this is top of mind for most people. But thank you for bringing it to our attention. And let's go to Joan in North York. Hi, Joan. Hi. I
10: have a question to ask. I got the feeling that Trudeau passed a law that said people after this Monday, which was the 22nd, that were coming into Canada from other countries um, were to stay in the designated hotels Mm -hmm. and had to get tested Mm -hmm. and stay there for three days. But it seems a lot of people, well, I guess the police can't do anything. I'm not sure why if it's a law. And people are just saying no. I'm not staying well. Exactly, I, I'm not sure
2: if it's a law or a regulation, or it it it's a directive. And yeah, there are the Peel Police, who would be the police enforcing it, uh, said they're not arresting people who aren't doing it. There are some people that they've given fines to. The fines are cheaper than the quarantine and now it it they can the these people ultimately can be charged and taken to court and maybe given a bigger fine so but but it it looks like this is turning into a a bit of a joke and there were also a couple of instances of women saying that they were sexually assaulted in those quarantine hotels so it's not working out so well there were People who had to be on the phone, you have to book that by the phone. They couldn't get through. So I think some people, when they explained to the officers that they couldn't get through, they were also let go to go home. We don't know if the people who are thumbing their noses, who are supposed to go home and quarantine, is there any enforcement of that? So um, yet another thing that is not
10: being executed in the best way possible. Exactly. What's saying to me is, Trudeau's an ass. If he's going to pass a law, like, he's got to make it legitimate that people aren't just going to get around it and laugh at him. Hmm. Why bother waiting all the time and spending all the money for setting up these hotels, etc.? Like, it's wasted money when...
2: People? Well, it's it's uh, the travelers wasted money because I think uh, there's a variety of costs, but at $2,000 for three days that uh, the travelers have to pay, so uh, at least the taxpayers aren't paying for
10: that. Thank heavens, but these people were not supposed to leave the country, and yet they did, and...
2: Well, there's no law there. The government said, please don't leave the country. So, uh, you know, they can't be arrested for that. But again, this whole business, there are a lot of us who are staying the course. We're following the guidelines and the rules and other people who aren't. And you know what? If if you think uh, if you think that you're that you deserve a, a holiday, and it doesn't matter, and you're traveling, then chances are you're not going to respect the quarantine. And Joan, I have to go because we're out of time. Thank you. But thank you. Okay. Uh, and like I said, that is all the time we have for Fight Back for today and for this week. We'll be back here at the same time on Monday.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio